Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. We'll be with you in a moment after a brief word from our sponsor. Regardless of party or political labels, there are amazing examples of real-life success stories happening across America. Local leaders are showing how to solve problems in health care, education, and other issues Washington just can't fix. Experience those stories in the new book, Falling in Love with America Again, by Jim DeMint and the Heritage Foundation. Get it today at inlovewithamerica.com. That's inlovewithamerica.com. So what's really going on in the Ukraine? What's really going on with foreign policy overall? Let's ask Lee Smith of the Weekly Standard. Lee, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Michael. Nice to be here. Uh, So what does it mean that every statement by President Obama and John Kerry is being utterly ignored by Vladimir Putin and the people of Crimea? Is that that a surprise? Is it shocking? Or is it just another day? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's not a surprise. I mean, the unpleasant reality is that at this point the United States has very little leverage um, very little leverage to exercise regarding this particular affair. I mean, there have been uh, previous times within the last few years when the administration could have pushed back against the Russians, Putin in particular. But this is a point where, you know, I mean, Ukraine is part of Russia's near uh, abroad. I mean, in many ways, the Russians consider Ukraine um, their their thing. And there's there's just not that much that we can actually... Sure do about it, unfortunately, at this point. So, so as absurd so, as, the, as the sanctions are and as, uh, as much as the president subjected himself to ridicule with the sanctions, unfortunately, there's just not that much leverage. But this is my point. Why would you announce you better not do this and there, there, there will be costs to pay and this will not stand if you have no cards to play in the first place? Doesn't that just make you look not just weak but incompetent and weak? Um, I think so. I, I would entirely agree. I think the problem is, I think the problem is even deeper than that. As I've argued in the Weekly Standard, that I believe that what's happening uh, in Ukraine is the president is uh, effectively reaping what he sowed over the Syria crisis. I think to let Putin come out as the tough guy after that and the savior and the statesman, which is what happened. This was back in the fall, as you'll recall, when the president said he was going to strike uh, regime targets after Bashar al-Assad had crossed his red line and the use of chemical weapons. And when the president backed off it and he let the Russians, uh, he let the Russians look good, except that the uh, initiative, the Moscow-led initiative right. to rid Assad of his chemical weapons, yeah, this was giving, I believe that this was not just partnering with Assad, not just partnering with Putin, but this put Putin in an important, strong position. The president never pushed back on this, and now we're where we are in Ukraine. Again, there might have been nothing uh, that we could have done regarding Ukraine, but the fact is that Putin is Putin is virtually, he can do virtually whatever he likes uncontested. I want to ask you this. I, around I, the world must be extremely concerned. I understand that part and about the, the strategic error, which many of us pointed out at the time, about Syria, the humiliation right. of having the president say, I've made a decision, the right thing to do is to take action against the Syrian regime for the chemical weapons, but I've made a second decision to not make the first decision. I mean, that, that really was, right. you know, like out of a bad Groucho Marx movie. But now that we have the deputy prime minister of Russia literally laughing 
at the President of the United States saying some prankster must have sent out the list. When we have people who are targeted by the sanctions who are sending out tweets that I, – I, this isn't a uh, throw-off comment, Lee. It literally has yeah. a smiley face in it, the way yeah, yeah. a teenager would tweet someone else. This is, is this be, have we reached a point where it's beyond foreign policy and it's about actual national standing and strength? I mean, no. It's about this president. It's about this administration. I just want to say something about the smiley faces and uh, the ridicule. I mean, yes, this is certainly true. But, I mean, there are many of us who have been saying this and pointing this out and warning about this for quite a while, and it, it, it really reached a very high level with the Syria crisis when most of our allies around the world were just dumbstruck that we did this. Right. The administration did a very good job of messaging to its various sounding boards and press surrogates here in Washington um, and at you know, major newspapers and at the networks that, oh, no, this was a very judicious, wise move. The president comes off looking like a statesman. He's not using force and he's getting rid of chemical weapons. Well, that's great inside this very narrow bubble, this very small mm-hmm. bubble, where a lot of people think that whatever Obama does is fantastic. But the reality is, is that our allies around the world were aghast. That this looks, it's, it's not just a matter of optics. It's not just how it looks. If the, pres- if the word of the President of the United States means nothing, that's a big issue. So again, the smiley face for me, it's just part of what's been going on now for, you know, right. for quite a while. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of our allies have been concerned about Syria from the very outset, that we were not taking a leading role. The president has made a point of leading from behind. So people have been very worried. And this is, again, over Ukraine, the president is reaping what he sowed in 2009. And you could argue even broader, more broadly than that, of simply looking for opportunities for America to not be involved, to be the silent, you know, uh, you know, uh, passerby on world affairs. And as uh, you know, many people have argued for a while that if America is not willing to act, the world becomes a different place. So there just isn't another nation with the power or stature that can intervene the way that the United States can. That's very true. And, and that's very true. And we have another problem. It's not just the president of the United States, but there is a wing uh, of the opposition in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm that is prides itself on its isolationism. Look, a lot of people are um, perhaps correct to be concerned that the United States, uh, as they put it, uh, doesn't have to be the policeman of the world. That's the wrong way to look at it. The way to look at it is the United States is the guarantor of global stability. Without the United States, all of these different things like international organizations around the world, these are all a function of American power. When the United States withdraws to lick its wounds and feel bad for itself and call itself war-weary, right. bad things happen in the world that we all agree are bad things. Threats on national sovereignty is a bad thing. Everyone around the world, everyone in the United States, right and left, agree with this concept. But this is what happens when the United States withdraws from the world. You have one of two things that happen. Either you create a vacuum uh, in which there is no guarantor of global stability, or you have someone else come in, very negative influences, for instance, like Vladimir Putin. And these are the people who start to fill this vacuum. We saw him do it in Syria. Now we're seeing him do it. Uh, we're seeing him do it right now in Europe as well. So, yes, it's a, it, it's a problem, but we have to admit 
It's not just the president of the United States. It's not just the White House. We also have a problem inside the Republican Party. Sure, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, and that's a, a legitimate debate a debate to have about how to move forward. But to me, of the two options, either being a uh, you know a isolationist small government guy who lets the world know, look, we're just not getting involved, or being a hey. Syria, Ukraine, watch out. We're going to come get you. Either of those options is better than being the, hey, we're going to come get you, except we're not. <laughs> that's that's like the worst of both worlds. Let me ask you, uh, Lee, about the scene of Samantha Power, our ambassador to the U.N., yelling at her Russian counterpart after oh. the Security Council meeting, berating him like, you know, you're a big meaner. <laughs> yeah, you should cut I, I that out. I mean, I just, I mean, what does that doesn't once again doesn't that say to the world that that the leadership of America right now is a bunch of oafish jokes who don't know how to handle the power that they have? Well, again, this is something. This is not new. Um, <laughs> the former uh, American ambassador to the UN, Susan Rice, now the National Security Advisor, right. she made a habit uh, at the UN of screaming. Oh. And pouting whenever the Russians vetoed uh, a UN Security Council resolution, That'll which of course them. they were going to do. And the administration knew this was going to happen. So the idea of the United States projecting weakness at the UN vis-a-vis the Russians, unfortunately, this is Samantha Power is not breaking new ground here. Susan Power was doing that since the start of the uprising in March 2011. You know, it almost makes me. I don't know if you've seen the movie Election with. Um uh i forgot uh, what's her name what's the actress's name with reese witherspoon but where she oh, yeah, pl- yeah sure. where she plays like the uh you know the tough uh, machiavellian candidate for student body president but that's i think you know we'd be better off with the high school student government president who knew how to use power and wasn't afraid to wield it than we are with what we've got right now well it depends where they look i mean the president of the united states uh has a pretty refined sense of of politics. Unfortunately, he he reserves a lot of his more uh, more devious and more impressive mm-hmm. plays for his domestic adversaries rather than for American adversaries across the world. So the president knows knows how to do this. Unfortunately, he will engage the Iranians and he will shut out the Republicans. So again, he 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 knows how to play hardball. He's just not doing it. One last question, uh, looking at the concerns right now, which is that this will flare up in East Ukraine, that there, you know, there are places with high ethnic Russian or Russian-speaking populations who some people say are you know, long to return to Russia. There, you know, it's, it's a mixed message or it's a, it's a mixed bag as far as what the local people want. Should the U.S. take some action now that indicates that this really is the end of our weakness and that we will be forced into action if, if Putin goes any further? Or would that just simply not be taken seriously? It would just be... Well, I, I mean, one of the arguments that I've made, I wrote an article in the Weekly Standard about the uh, beginning of last week saying it's going to be very hard for us to push back in that part of the world, very hard for us to push back in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But I say go back to the source of the problem. The source of Obama's apparent weakness vis-a-vis Putin is Syria. They... Assad is not getting rid of his chemical weapons quickly enough. He's continuing to kill kill people to deal with the Russians, and with Assad is off. And we make that point by destroying Assad's air force on the ground. So, yeah, I certainly think it's possible to hit. Um, I think it's certainly possible to hurt Putin, not in Ukraine, though. I don't think it's possible to hit them there. But what? Showing the world that Vladimir Putin, unlike his foes, actually doesn't stand by his allies 
that right. his word means nothing. No, I think this would be a very valuable lesson for the White House to, um, to demonstrate across the world. Lee Smith with the Weekly Standard, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on what's going on with foreign policy and Ukraine. Seven